Welcome into Primetime Titans. We're going to do a little recap here for you for our free agency deep dive episode. Uh, JG Pettit and I get into a little free agency explanation on how the league works. Uh, free agency highlights. We get into our new signings for the Tennessee Titans, as well as tributes to the guys we lost. Finally, we leave you with what we think needs to happen moving forward. And with that, welcome Johnny Cash. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. I hear the train a coming. It's rolling around a bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. I'm stuck in Folsom Prison, and time keeps dragging on. All right, welcome in, Primetime Titans. We've been hearing the acronym PTT. We really like that. We love uh, it. This is JG. I got Robert here and Pettit here as well, and uh, we have a lot to unpack, uh, and... We are super excited to unpack it with you. This past week has been free agency. And I know that whether you've been following along or haven't been following along, bottom line is a lot of things have happened. And really, I think with that, there has to be a little bit of an explanation in the week that is free agency because it can be a little confusing sometimes and I just, I want to get into that. Uh, usually, so with the NFL and offseason, there's a certain time period when free agency starts. And there is a certain, it's called the legal tampering period. And that basically begins the Monday of the week, which this year is March 15th. And That's so, the legal tampering, but we all know players and agents and teams start well, and talking a little bit before that. But you're right. Someone like J.J. Watt signing with the Cardinals, I believe that was, you know, that that a did not before. happen this week. Yes. So, yes, there might be some hard to prove though, and teams aren't going to call exactly on another team. They're not exactly. going to tell another team. But so that's why, if you were paying attention this week, you might have seen on Monday and Tuesday a lot of teams agreeing to terms. On Twitter via Schefter and... Ian Rapport. Yeah. Exactly. But the teams so, can't officially announce their moves until when? Wednesday? Wednesday. Wednesday morning was the March, first time. It was March 17th, Wednesday. I believe it was in the afternoon, but that is when the free agency... That's when the new league year starts. So that's when free agency officially begins. So a lot of the announcements that you might have seen of people agreeing to terms or, uh, you know we're going to sign this person on Wednesday when the new league year started, that's when things actually happened. Teams were actually announcing the signings. Teams were actually bringing in the guys and officially putting the pen to paper. So um, that is really why this week was so crazy, and that's why there wasn't that much that happened before this week. So – I and think the league that, year officially started on Wednesday, right? The new yes. league year. And that works for them fiscally, too, as well, I believe. Yes. So uh, that's why a lot of the things, and we'll get into it, you saw also some cuts that happened. Mm -hmm. Some some teams were making some cuts of maybe some veteran players that they weren't going to retain. And some of those and, veteran players had contract incentives where if you're on the team on day three of the new year league, you get you know $6 million in bonuses. So 
you know, based on their contracts, teams will cut a guy right before you had to that make incentive moves. kicks in. You had to make moves there. So that was really big, and I think that there were some surprising things that happened uh, from a Titan standpoint during the first couple days. So, yeah, and I think with that, uh, we can get into some questions with how the league year uh, has started and how the teams have gone about some of the signings. So I think with that, Pettit, you're going to ask some questions for us. Yeah, I got a few questions for you guys. I guess uh, the first question I'm going to start out with is, who are you guys most disappointed in that uh, we let go from the Titans? Robert, I'm going to let you go first. Mm, Well, the Titans, if you were paying attention this week, had a massacre. We decided to let go of a lot of our – Uh, Really important players uh, for cap reasons. Probably the most surprising and most disappointing for me is Adoree Jackson. Um, He is our starting corner that we drafted in the first round in 2018. 18th overall pick, I believe, out of USC. The guy's a a track, an Olympic track athlete. Incredible athlete. Incredible athlete. Yeah, incredible athlete. I think he was a long jumper at USC as well. It was tried to be our punt returner for a while, but that didn't go very well. But it seemed to really cement himself as a, as a top 10 NFL corner by the end of his fourth year. And so we picked up his option, meaning uh, we explained last podcast that a rookie gets uh, a four-year contract guaranteed and the team has an option to pick up his contract for another fifth year to keep him from going into free agency for the first-round picks. And we picked it up. We did not pick up Corey Davis, and so you saw him hit free agency. But we picked up a Dory Jackson, and then he had a terrible year, potentially no fault of his own, but was out the whole year uh, from what they called tendonitis or jumper's knee. And uh, do you have more on that? I believe I heard a rumor that it might be like degenerative knee issue that like could be a long-lasting injury that could hinder him getting signed this year again, so wow. or even having a football career much longer. So. so Huge, dis- and that's not something the Titans are really tight-lipped with their injuries. They don't give out a lot of information. Um, very Patriots-esque, where you don't want to give your other competitive teams any uh, leg up on your situation from an injury standpoint. And Mike Vrabel being a player, an ex-player himself, it seems like he likes to give the players the uh, the authority when to, when to and when not to say to the media uh, what kind of injuries they have. Um, so we didn't really know why Dory Jackson was hurt all year. And then he starts playing in like week 15, um, and just never looked himself. He, he clearly looked like he was a step slow in that Ravens game, trying to cover, um, Marquise Brown for, or Hollywood Brown for, for the Ravens. So, uh, just a one year ago today thinking that, okay, we have a potential lockdown corner and really up to this point. In my opinion, Mike, uh, that guy's John John Robinson's best draft pick. He does not in, have – In the first round. In, in the first, first round. round. Yeah, excuse me, first round draft pick. He does not have a great track record of first round draft picks. Uh, we have yet to keep one past their rookie, co- rookie contract. You know, Jeffrey Simmons looks like he could potentially be a really good pick, but the guy's got to take a huge step forward this year and become that dominant player that we think he can be. He's our defensive tackle out of Mississippi State. Um so, yeah, for me, huge disappointment seeing Adore Jackson released. It means they didn't have any more faith in him, did not want to pay him $10 million a year this year, which is what his contract and cap hit would have been. Um, so just, you know, 
John Robinson's going to have to start hitting on some first-round picks. I mean, yeah. that he he gets the benefit of the doubt because we, we're starting to win more, and he's hit on some late-round guys. But, I mean, my goodness, cutting your number one corner and your number two corner um, right before free agency starts, and we'll get into what we've done, and it's it, you know we're not too happy about the replacements we've gotten. So far. Um, so far, that's correct. But it, it could be a situation where it was nothing and Dory could control, like his knee just falling apart. But that's something that still falls on the general manager. you got to know that. you got to have your evaluations in place. So um, very disappointed by that. Yeah, I, I think for me, the at this point, my answer to this has kind of changed because at the start of the week, it's it's Corey Davis. That's That's my answer to this. At the start of the week, I was not really too upset about him leaving. I thought that he was – you know, going to be someone that we were going to have to move on from. He's also a first-round pick in the year that we drafted Adoree Jackson, too. And he was someone that we didn't pick up the option. I think we mentioned that. But he, I don't know. I, I think at this point, because we have not signed another receiver other than, I guess, Marcus Johnson uh, from the – Who, if he's our number two receiver heading into <laughs> camp next year, we got some problems. A guy, a guy I mean, from the Colts. Yeah, he's, he's from even, the Colts. He's like their I don't even receiver. recognize him as a player at all. I remember him throughout the year last year. But anyways, I think Corey Davis is my answer because I guess with the amount of money we have still left, we probably could have afforded him, at least for the cap hit, maybe just on a one-year deal. But I think he wanted to get paid and – and go somewhere else. So, so a little bit on on the Corey Davis contract. He went to the Jets, the New York Jets, who are notorious for for spending a ton of money in free agency. Uh, his cap hit this year is nine point three million. He signed a three year deal worth about thirty eight million dollars with twenty seven million guaranteed. So, I think it's an overpay certainly for Corey Davis based on what we've seen. But um, I'm with you. Really disappointed with our current wide receiver. And I two. think I think <laughs> my answer is Corey Davis because of at this point we've yeah. missed out. I mean, we just as we were about to start recording, we saw the Kenny Galladay news, which mm-hmm. I know we we weren't really in those talks as much. But I don't know. Still another receiver that I maybe would have wanted to grab. I don't know. So I think it's I think Corey Davis is my answer. Yeah, and to go on to the the Jets overspending. I read an article that the Jets and the Jags have spent the most on guaranteed money than any other team in the last 10 or so years, and look at the, where that's gotten them. They've Didn't, consistently been the worst teams in yeah, the league. Yeah, they've been, you know, spent the most and also some of the highest draft picks <laughs> consistently or yeah. something. So yeah. that's not a good look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a surprise for the Jets to go in and pay that kind of money for a guy that we've been off and on about, but um, – yeah, like we said, you don't want Marcus Johnson, a three-year player out of Texas who's had like 20 career catches to be your number two receiver across from A.J. Brown. I, surely we're going to draft a receiver, but let's go on to a next Wait, question. Wait, Pat, you're most disappointing. My most disappointing? That's a great question. I uh, There's a lot of guys that I'm, I'm going to be sad that are gone, but in terms of a guy that I, I don't think we can fully replace, I, I, I think – I think Adoree's up there. Yeah. I think based on the signings we've done so far, I don't know if we can fully replace a guy like Adoree. It if, has to be the knee. It has to be the, the bad injury. And I know we signed Janoris Jenkins, and we'll probably touch on that later, but he seems like a pretty lateral move from Malcolm Butler instead of a replacement for Adoree Jackson, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. 
That was one when that came across my phone. I just I was floored. Did not expect shocked. That at all. Mm-hmm. Absolutely and shocked. We'll we'll touch more on the guys that we signed here in a little bit. But uh, I guess the next question I have for you guys is, I guess we could talk a little bit about kind of signings throughout the league that affect the Titans on from other teams. Yeah. Um, so if you guys have a player or a signing that you're most shocked and most affect us and most nervous about or maybe even happy that it happened. So I'd love to hear y'all's opinions. I on think that. Um, for me it was more a team and it was the Patriots. Bill Belichick is notorious for waiting for good deals, not overspending on guys. And apparently they targeted our very own Jonu Smith from the very beginning. They wanted him, number one. They went out and got him, paid him just a fraction under the same contract that Travis, Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in the league, currently has from the, from the Chiefs. Travis Kelsey signed that contract eight months ago. And Jonu Smith, who I'm not the biggest Jonu Smith guy. I think he's athletic. I think he can break some tackles on screen passes. But I actually, looking at the games and watching some of the, the film from last year, Ferkser is the guy that they put in there to run those option routes, those traditional tight end routes. Um, he's a better route runner, Ferkser. And Jonu, you know, you put him in the backfield and he gets you a 60-yard run. But – you know he's a he's kind of a gadget player and he's he's by all accounts one of the hardest workers on our team the last few years so great job great for Janu but um, sad to see him go nonetheless and and the Patriots coming out and deciding that they were going to spend like their hairs on fire I think Bill Bill Belichick might be a little bit upset that Tom Brady won a national ch- or a uh, Super Bowl this past year so he had to go out and get some players but. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do, and we play them this year since mm-hmm. we play the AFC East. So yep. we'll get to play Johnu again. We'll see Bill Belichick's uh, watch Johnu just go off against yeah, us. He, that's or something classic, classic. I just I don't know. I I'm I'm gonna miss Johnu Smith for sure. We'll uh, do a little Johnu Smith tribute here. A yeah, little bit. I I actually yeah I, I definitely will miss him. I would say my answer is probably I might I might cheat here and give maybe two. Go for here it. Here we go. We're uh, all about cheating. If you're not cheating, you're cheating yourself. <laughs> you're going to give us a little double tag. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, receivers and uh, a guy that we mentioned in the previous episode, Curtis Samuel. Mm. He ended up going to the Washington football team, and he actually joins his former college teammate, uh, Terry McLaurin, Scary Terry. And uh, that is a great signing. And Fitzmagic. And Fitzmagic. Yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Former Titan quarterback. Former Titan quarterback, maybe really former quarterback of every team in the NFL. (laughs) He is, for those of you that don't know, Ryan Fitzpatrick has been on many, many NFL teams. And he just. He's been great. He he has been great. He's he's, he's the journeyman. Except except when he played at the Titans. Yeah. He has the nickname Fitzmagic for a reason. Yes. But every now and then he, you know, he'll struggle. But Washington football team, they get Curtis Samuel. I think that's great. And honestly, he was a name that I really was not sure on because of we had mentioned it last episode Pettit's take on trying out that position and those kind of guys and it never really working out. But I think that he would have been, I would have really liked to see him at the Titans. But the other one that I was going to say, and this is, this might be a little bit of a hot take who, who knows, but David Moore, the he used to be a receiver for the Seahawks. He was their number three guy behind Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. He would score some touchdowns. I think he had six touchdowns last year, and Corey Davis had five. I remember I looked that up with uh, with a coworker, 
and uh, with my my friend James Ferguson. Shout out James Ferguson. And uh, we noticed that. So he's going to the Panthers, and maybe that's their replacement for Curtis Probably Samuel. Is. But I think that really I'm just I'm targeting these wide receivers because I just really wanted the Titans to get another receiver, and it hadn't happened yet. And I'm a little peeved. Not if you if you take AJ Brown out of the picture, the Titans historically might be the worst NFL franchise at drafting and signing receivers. I mean, we are absolutely we cannot hit on a receiver. To we save thought our life. we had it with Kenny Britt. We, we thought we, thought we had Kenny it. Britt. and then he tore his ACL. I mean, I remember you could that go, moment. Stopped wanting to play football like someone else that was previously on the yeah, team. Yeah, we got a problem with, with people just deciding they don't want to play football for us. Rashard Matthews was great for a bit. Yeah, and then he oh, decided. Rashard Matthews. He just quit on his team. I mean, we could go on and on. We could do a whole 10-minute segment about the, the receivers. Maybe, uh, which maybe we, we'll have maybe a little we will. podcast maybe we about guys that have just in completely the lo- tanked from the Titans. <laughs> maybe in the we should. of the summer, we'll, we'll do some stuff like that. When there's not history. a crazy week like this week with NFL free agency. Absolutely. Pettit, who you got? Um, I don't. So for me, I think it's not necessarily one signing or anything like that. I think it's actually kind of lack of signings for me. And I think the Colts, the Texans, and arguably the Jags. I think I don't think any of their signings have been overly impressive to me not at all. And I'm kind of pumped about it. Those I'm, are I'm all happy. the teams in our division. So. Yeah, the Colts definitely quantity because I mean hasn't been many guys that they've signed. Texans have signed a lot of people, but it's almost like you just. That that the Texans right now and their struggles with Deshaun Watson and him wanting to be traded and then everything that came out this week with Deshaun Watson is just a struggle and I just don't see the Texans being that great next year and the Jags probably out of the three the Jaguars probably had the best signings with Shaq Griffin and Marvin Jones. Shaq Griffin was one of the top corners on the market that I thought we may uh, go after from the Seahawks. From the Seahawks. And then Marvin Jones, also another receiver. Marvin Jones will talk do about nothing. Receivers. Marvin Jones will do nothing for three games and will have three touchdowns in the fourth game. So, <laughs> you know. And they got some good – they got DJ Chark over there. Yep. They lost Keelan Cole, who I thought we – another receiver I thought we may go after. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think I think the – I think the Col- the Colts didn't even sign anyone. Uh, apparently, Chris Ballard, the GM, is saying they're holding on to their money for guys they have to extend coming up, like Braden Smith. Which they've drafted well. They so. have drafted well, John Robinson. So maybe <laughs> we should think about drafting guys who we will get on their second contract and not just letting them go. Yeah, so The Colts uh, must be relying on the draft because they, they re-signed Marlon Mack, which is kind of an interesting take me. because they, they have a, they got a John load. Taylor. They got a load of running backs Marlon there. Mack's a running back, yep. Um, who but tore they his also, Achilles this past year, right? They, yeah, and then uh, they made that trade for Carson Wentz, which at first I thought it was a pretty bad deal, but I guess uh, the Eagles are retaining, paying basically for that deal to happen. Yeah. The old Ryan so Tannehill effect. It looks like they're and they're losing a ton of guys on defense, which they had one of the best defenses in the league, so they must be relying pretty heavily on the draft here. I was shocked. One of the guys we signed, who will again we'll get into each guy that we signed this week, um, Danico Autry. Uh, the Colts declined. They didn't even match our offer, and we didn't we didn't overspend for Danico Autry by any stretch of the imagination. But they let him walk out the door. So um, I'll save some of that stuff for for the next segment. There. All right. For this segment, um, we're going to kind of dive into the signings the Titans have made. Um, sorry, got a hair on there. Um, so to start out, kind of guys that we've re-signed. We're going to start here. 
I don't kind of want to get some thoughts that you guys have and kind of throw out some numbers and stats when I bring them up. But okay. first guy I think you guys are a fan of is Anthony Fertzker. Um, basically replacement for Johnny Smith, and we. I think we signed him for three years. We don't know. We don't, I don't think we know the numbers yet on his contract. Okay. Um, kind of a guy that has stepped up big in the last year. and You got to love Ferkser. Yeah. And, and he, it, he, some of the stats on Ferkser, he had the same run block win percentage as Johnny Smith. Like, it might be a decimal point off in terms of percentages. So, he, like I said earlier, he clearly is the number one tight end for us on third down. And in the red zone, um, sometimes you have John. John who would go out on those wheel routes. I remember the uh, one cheek counts as two feet in the uh, Ravens playoff game, which was awesome. That was awesome. And John, John, now don't get me wrong. John who has the more athletic build, the bigger highlights. But Ferkser is, and maybe it's because I I was a traditional you know tight end. I was the hard worker. You know, I was the put your head down and grind kind of guy, not making the traditional guys. So maybe I got a little affinity there for Anthony Ferkshire. He's my guy a little bit. but uh, a, little, I think, a little dig on Jonu. I feel like he kind of is that guy as well. Well, I don't know. They, I don't think Jonu's the guy who's going to go out there and read the zone coverage and sit in the hole and get you an eight-yard catch after getting drilled from both sides by a linebacker and a safety. And I feel like Ferkshire, he's got the hands, he's got the smarts. He's Do you think that has more to do with his build than anything? I don't know. I feel like I he, just, his build is a little bit more athletic. I guess what I'm saying is if compared to what I'm really saying is if we if we the option was pay Johnu fifty million dollars over four years or have Ferkser for three and a half four million dollars. What we don't again we don't know the contract numbers, but he's going to be the guy. I'm going Ferkser all day. I don't think the drop off is that big. That's reasonable. Um, yeah. So great player. I I'm a fan. I think. Yeah. He's. I can't remember what game it was, but he had one route where he torched. I think it was a safety or cornerback. And was it the Patriots game? Yeah. In the playoffs? It might have been the Patriots game yeah. in the playoffs. You reenacted it in my living room? Absolutely. <laughs> just cooked. I think it was Patrick Chung. Just turned him, spun him around like a top. Gave him a little head fake. And Ryan Tannehill stood in the pocket and delivered it to him right between the numbers. I mean, beautiful. beautiful. Definitely my favorite. Uh, that was magical just yeah. now. Two, just two beautifuls at the same time. Beautiful at the same time. <laughs> that was that it. was a great play. Um, all right, so the next guy is Jeff Swain. He, another uh, tight end. Another tight end, I guess maybe. I guess you got something to say, JG? On yeah, I, I mean, he's another tight end that I think he was someone that didn't we sign him throughout the past year and we yeah. brought him on. Mm-hmm. And so he is definitely – I think a good asset to have. And I think Ferkser is going to be our main guy. I don't think Jeff Swaim is the guy that's going to, you know, be the main tight end replacement. No, I think, I think he's Berkshire the is, but he is. Yeah. And, and he's, he's a big guy. He's a big guy. So I'm, I'm happy that we resigned him. So, and he's kind of a feel good story. He's a kind of an undrafted guy, kind of, you thought was just kind of a training camp guy wasn't going to really make the roster makes the roster and here he is getting another big contract so and it looks like it's a one year 2.5 million dollar deal and there's a 1.25 million dollar signing bonus and 2.25 million guaranteed and he's a guy that you re-sign because of Derrick Henry Yep. You want to be that ground and, p- ground and pound team late in the year when it's cold in January. He's basically another offensive lineman out there for you. He can still catch the ball, but he's a great blocker. Um, 
don't be surprised if the Titans go out and draft the tight end, maybe third or fourth round. We have that extra third round pick because we lost Jack Conklin last year um, in free agency, and so we got a, co a compensatory pick. And I uh, could see the Titans using a, a, a third round pick on a, t a tight end this year. Um, so keep your eyes peeled for there. But I think we're probably done at tight end. I think those are our guys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, and another guy we re-signed, which we don't have to talk about too much, but it's Ty Cimbrello, Um kind of a guy that's going to be well. I mean, hopefully, just sub in when someone goes out. He might be the guy that's going to be our swing tight end or swing tackle. Is that what the the phrase is? Yeah, yeah. So I think we, we love that swing tackle, which is what Dennis Kelly was. Yes, which we will get to that. But we did release him. Yeah, we as released well. Dennis Kelly. Mm -hmm. All right, and then uh, the final signing of a guy that we kept which we know John Garrett's going to be a huge fan of this one. Middle linebacker, Jayon Brown. Jayon Brown, baby. I got to say, I was I was dead wrong. I came on this podcast last week and said uh, we probably seen the last of Jayon in two-tone blue. But, yeah. Uh, Robert One more there. year, baby. One Robert more year. there just in love with David Long. Oh. Just ready for Jayon Brown to leave. But here he comes signing a team-friendly deal. Probably our best signing. Yeah, I mean, just a great in terms of deal value. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, Matt Milano, who a lot of he, so Matt Milano is a middle linebacker for the Bills, who just signed. He just signed four years, forty-seven million. Uh, a lot of people said this is probably what Jayon is shooting for. Now, maybe he didn't get the market he thought he was going to get from other teams, but he said he wanted to run it back another year with the Titans, and he went from a projected ten million dollar cap hit to five million dollar cap hit. So. Saving the Titans money, when we say team-friendly, it means they're signing for a deal that uh, is less than what they could have gotten in the open market. And logically, I bet he's thinking about the cap rising again next year, yep. going back and testing free agency again and getting Which, more money. And it money. still could be with the Titans could be. next year. It could be a bigger deal with the Titans. And it shows you he wants to be here. Yeah, He definitely loves his time in, in Nashville and with the Titans. So he definitely wants to be here, mm -hmm. which is great. And, yes, if you did listen to the first episode, um, I did say that he was my most improved player. And I – or no, he was – Favorite player or something. It was – We I know you loved your Jay on Brown. Malcolm Butler was most improved, I believe. And – I think that's right, yeah. Yes. I'm drawing a blank here. But the point of the matter is I love Jay on Brown, and I'm glad that he's back. UCLA boy, number 55. He, he's a good player for us. He brings still, some swagger to the defense. You know, I'm a little bit disappointed that my uh, my love, David Long, isn't going to get to see the field as much. But maybe he'll take, he still Rashawn, will. Maybe he'll take Rashawn Evans' spot, who I think is um, quickly becoming the next bust first-round draft pick of J-Rob. Of J Dead gummit. <laughs> <laughs> Not what you want to hear. All right. Uh, I think there's four more guys that we now signed from different teams. Um, this free agent signing. Um, let's get to the let's get to the big one first. These, the one where right, we're right. excited about. First. I was actually okay. I was going to talk about someone else, but yeah, no, I like this one. Guy from uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, a guy that hit the market hard. One of the top free agents in the market available this year. Mm -hmm. um, Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree, who went opposite of T.J. Watt and had an excellent year last year until he tore his ACL in week. 14 or 13, somewhere around the end of the season. Dare I say, stud Dupree. <laughs> love it. Dare Lo you say Love it. it. Love the bud. <laughs> we got a lot I've of been good saying that all week. That 
It's a five-year deal with a potential out in two years. Um, so if the ACL injury is worse, and you know the, the recovery it doesn't go as well as you think it does, there is an out that we have after the 2022 season. But only a 5.1 million dollar cap hit in year one. Um, then it jumps up to about 20 million for the next four years if we decide to keep him. Um, but yeah, like you said, great guy opposite T.J. Watt had a phenomenal. Uh, season this past year until he, he tore his ACL. I think that's the big question. How does he come back from that injury? He and Taylor Lewan are going to be ACL buddies in uh, in training camp coming back. So uh, I'm, I love the signing. We'll just have to see how it plays out. Where did he go to college? Ooh, Kentucky. Yes, Kentucky, Kentucky Wildcat. Kentucky Wildcat. SEC. Shout out uh, our boy Chris Pritchett for <laughs> giving me that information this week. Um, so, yeah, he had 11 and a half sacks last year, and he was the 22nd overall draft pick in 2015. Um, Taylor Wan actually tweeted out a pretty funny story about uh, playing against Bud Dupree and T.J. Watt, like in, against the Steelers, and how they kind of got in a little uh, a little fight in the game and kind of well, going, going, going back Wan and forth into a shouting match. He's well, he's the biggest fake tough guy I've ever seen in my life. He well, just shouts at people. Fake tough guy. He, apparently, he, Bud Dupree might. Apparently, uh, they said let's meet in the parking lot. And Taylor Wan said, Taylor thank Wan you for not said, showing up. Sure, I'm going to tweet at you instead. He said, thank you for not showing up because you guys would have <laughs> definitely won. And welcome to the time. We love Taylor Lewan. I love Taylor Lewan, but especially early in his career. I mean, but he, he seems pretty welcoming about Dupree after uh, some bad blood from a game. So he's our biggest. He, you got to love him. He's our biggest celebrity of the Titans. He loves he's got a podcast of his own. Uh, but man, fake, fake tough guy in the block. And then one other thing is Cam Hayward. Uh, DB for the Steelers tweeted out and said, "D lineman, D lineman, Steelers, my bad, veteran, um, savvy vet, great guy." Basically tweeted out how we got a great one in Bud Dupree and how great of a guy he is, and we just don't even understand how how awesome it's going to be to have him. So that's you love to hear praise from his teammates about how how uh, great he's going to be and it's talk about his personality and stuff like that. Yet another swing at solving the ever ongoing problem that the Titans have of no pass rush. So. Um, last year we did a, the biggest free agent signing that we had was Jadavion Clowney. He was a swing and a miss. We also took a swing at Vic Beasley, who decided he didn't want to play football anymore. And that was a swing and a miss. Um, so the Titans for, for probably the last decade, to maybe maybe since we've been here, since Javon Curse, I'll say that, since Javon Curse. We got to get it right. We have not had a top-tier pass rush. Um, so maybe Bud Dupree is an answer to that. We'll Kyle see. Kyle Vandenbosch. The red contact Kyle Vandenbosch was a, a, a uh, lone bright I wanna, spot. I don't want to go veer off too far with that. <laughs> uh, but with Bud Dupree, I think I kind of got a question for you guys. What – I mean, he's coming off an ACL injury. What is your expectations of him? Do you guys expect 10-plus sacks on the year? What I mean, what's what's a great year? That's a great question because mm, it's I, the immediate you know reaction right away is sacks. We want sacks. I think I'm gonna want. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a number. I'll say at least eight sacks from Bud Dupree. I'll be happy with at least eight sacks from Bud Dupree if we also get six or seven from Harold Landry too. And then I don't another know. six or seven from well, yeah, Jeffrey more Simmons. And more, yes, it's like a great I mean, year. so that's that's the thing. Uh, I don't. It's hard to put a number on the. Yeah. So I think ever since Adrian Peterson, who was obviously a freak athlete, Adrian Peterson, running back out of Oklahoma, one of the had a Hall of Fame career with the Vikings. He tore his ACL, you know, maybe in in the middle of his prime, 
and came back within eight or nine months and had a phenomenal year the second year. Ever since that injury, I have um, been of the opinion that a torn ACL is not as big of a deal as it used to be. Um, the modern medicine and the surgeries and the rehab these days, you know, it's not the injury killer that it used to be. You see plenty of guys come back. Tom Brady is a great example. Tore his ACL, came back, had still winning Super Bowls. Um, I know he's not an athlete in terms of his uh, skill position, but still the, the, the example is there. Uh, Taylor Lewan tore his ACL. Now Bud Dupree got two key, key players who are going to come back from an ACL injury. Very key players. I, I'm not – if he has a bad year, I'm not blaming it on the ACL because I think we've gotten to a point where – uh, modern, like I said, modern medicine has we've advanced past blaming um, torn ACLs for bad years. So he he's got he's got to produce during this contract, no doubt in my mind. If I'm giving a number, I like the I like that number of eight. I'm gonna say double digit. Yeah. I think to be I think we need a double digit sack guy. Um, I think Jeffrey Simmons has the potential to be a double digit sack guy. I don't see Harold Landry. Um, getting to double-digit sacks, but maybe he could get to eight or nine again if we have a really active rusher off the edge like Bud Dupree. So, well, and Pettit, that, I guess that brings us to our next signing uh, who also could have someone or it could be someone who definitely increases the sack numbers for us. Yeah, I'm, one more thing on Bud Dupree is in 2020, he was on pace to play 90% of the snaps at Pittsburgh. So wow. the dude is a guy that stays on the field. Three down player. Three down player, which is huge. So And like you said last pod, John Garrett, which we gotta call out that you called this signing. You said he would be now number one guy if it wasn't for the injury. Turns out maybe he's he's recovering better than you uh, or I could have. And there we thought. go. And John Robinson go. was listening in to PTT and was like, you know what? J Dupree is a great one. He was one of our hundred listeners last week. Shout out J-Rob for listening to us last week, taking our advice and signing Bud Dupree. Really we appreciate go. it. We really appreciate it. So next guy on the list is um, comes from a nice you know, division rival. Another one, kind of. Conference rival. Um, Danico Autry. And I know you guys are fans of this one. So he's a guy that comes from the Colts. He's a defensive lineman. Um, he's you know been a force against the Titans, at least. We know him fairly well. Absolutely. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on him? Danico Autry is a guy who made uh, Jameel Douglas look like a high school football player two years ago when they played against each other. And I know Jameel Douglas isn't one of our top guards, but um, the guy's a beast. And he seemed to always have his best games against the Titans. So just on that factor alone, I'm glad we don't have to see him anymore. Um, this is the guy that we were talking about who basically uh, he wanted to stay in Indianapolis, but then they didn't match the offer that we gave him. He's 30 years old, signed a three-year deal, $21.5 million a year uh, with a uh, $9 million of that guaranteed. He's only a $3.5 million cap hit. So once Which again, great. yeah, great. When you great. see, you see uh, John Robinson and Vin Marino, the guys in the front office, um, putting the cap – putting the cap hits in later years and, and converting the money this year to signing bonus, which uh, allows you to not count the money this year and you can count it in later years. And that's really important because the cap is lowering uh, this year, $17 million in it, lower than it was last year. So um, now you got a situation where we've got Jeffrey Simmons, our young up and coming star at defensive tackle, Harold Landry, solid, probably best served as a second tier or a, your number two defensive end, you probably don't want him being your number one pass rusher, but a very high, highly above average number two pass rusher. 
Bud Dupree and Danico Autry now are your four guys on passing downs uh, who are going to rush the passer. Throw in a little Rashawn Evans blitzing in there who, you know, I'm not the biggest Rashawn Evans guy because the guy doesn't know how to do run fits, it seems like, to save his life. But, man, he can rush the passer. He, he's pretty athletic. So I think, again, uh, clearly a huge emphasis on rushing the passer this year for the Titans in free agency. And Thank goodness. We'll see if it pays <laughs> off because we were sitting here last year thinking that we got a great – a great four guys That's to rush true. the passer maybe, at free agency. Maybe so. the thank goodness is um, a little too premature, and we got to see what actually happens. That's right. See if these guys want to play football, if they can stay healthy, all that stuff. But at least we keep I really, trying. I really like that signing. I think, and he's a Mississippi State Bulldog uh, with Jeffrey Wilson or Jeffrey Simmons. Sorry, I know they uh, they're excited to to uh, almost get an that all Mississippi State connection. Almost going. an all SEC defensive line. Ooh. There with uh, Bud Dupree from Kentucky. And a little Boston College. Yeah. I know Harold Landry went to Boston College. All right. Uh, for the next player, we got two more big big signings that we've had so far. Um, the next one is Janoris Jenkins. The Jackrabbit. Yep. And he comes from the Saints. Um, we don't have anything on his contract. Yeah, we don't really know don't the contract yet, contract. which I'm he's interested. He's a little bit older. He's 32. And Malcolm Butler is 31. So I'd like to think he's our Malcolm Butler, Butler replacement and not our Adore Jackson replacement, but he better be less. He better <laughs> he, be less he better expensive. Not be ten million dollars a year. I just you yeah. don't want a thirty-two a thirty-two year old corner getting thirty getting ten million dollars. I year. honestly like it because it, I feel like in the NFL every every there's a different really good cornerback every year in the NFL that just comes out of nowhere. I feel like, and I do remember it was either two or three years ago or so he was with the New York Giants, and I remember him, I had never heard of him before, and he had an incredible year with the Giants, and th that was like his year of being the stud NFL corner, and I just, I don't know what he's necessarily done since then, but I, I'm definitely excited about the, the signing. I think, it's, I think it's great, and I'm definitely excited to see that we signed a corner, uh, so I'm excited to see, you know, I'm ready to see his contract details. Yeah, if you look at some of the coverage numbers from last year, he had a better season than both Malcolm Butler and Adoree. Small sample size for Adoree right. since he was hurt the was whole year. I was about to say, it shouldn't be too hard to beat Adoree. But, um, <laughs> yeah, he's he's. I think it signifies a change in identity for the Titans going from the, t the, the typical um, zone blitz team defense that Dean Pease was Janoris Jenkins is much more of a man corner where he wants to get in your face, shadow a guy. Again, I don't. I really hope he's not our number one two corner, uh, or our number one corner this year. We I hope we go out and we'll get into some of the guys that are that we could potentially get in a little bit, a little bit later. But um, you know, he's got leadership qualities. He's apparently super competitive, um, much like Malcolm Butler was, and that's really good for the locker room. So. Uh, could be a good signing for us. I don't think it's a long-term solution at corner because he's 32 and probably only has a, a few more years left in the league. But, um, you know, maybe he can bring some good things uh, to that room. Yeah, I, I think another thing to mention is maybe a good mentor for Christian Fulton, who's a guy we drafted last year and, you know, got hurt also last year. So we're kind of hoping that maybe they can bond together and create a monstrous defense. Um, and the, the most – controversial one here we got another db that we signed kevin johnson 
Yeah, I don't even. There's a lot to say about okay. him. Okay, <laughs> little to say. About Maybe him. there is a lot I to say about him. I'm just like, all right, great. I, if he's our starting corner, then we could we, be in we trouble. We don't know a ton on him. First we round draft pick by the Houston Texans. Okay, so he actually played under Mike Vrabel in 2015. Yeah, he. So I know that he was on the Texans and then the Bills and then the Browns. So we're his fourth team. And yes. Five or six years. And he did not have a great year last year. That was the thing. The Browns signed him last year in the offseason after he had a pretty good year with the Bills. And they were expecting some pretty big things from him. And bad. He just had a bad year. Well, maybe he could be our uh, Jonathan Joseph replacement. Why why would we want that? (laughs) (laughs) Jonathan Joseph, for those of you that don't know, Jonathan Joseph last year, got torched all year <laughs> he was old and he was a first round draft pick he was but he he's a lot older than also yeah. Johnson, the texans so i believe he, yeah with bingles and then texans and it, it seems like we obviously had a terrible defense last year and john robinson says saying oh, any of these guys could be better than some of the guys we had last year yeah know, playing last year so uh, maybe that's what he is but again I really hope he's not our number one corner. I hope our number one corner is, and I think is a guy that is not on the team right now. I think he's going to be I think he's going to be a you know, slot corner. Okay. And so I think it's looking like Christian Fulton is gonna be moving to the outside, which I think I'm excited for. But we will see next season. Yeah. I don't I'm at a point with this defense where I have no idea what's gonna happen and I'm not gonna believe in a revamped defense until I really see it. Overall recap, it seems, on the defense is they weren't very good, and it seems like even though players that were good on the defense are getting released, it seems like they didn't believe that they were going to take us to a Super Bowl. And whether it's a lateral move or not, some of the guys like Janoris Jenkins and stuff like that, we're shaking it up. Whether it works or not, we're trying something different. I I like the effort so far. Two guys, before we move on, uh, we got Kendall Lamb, a right tackle on a two-year deal from the Cleveland Browns. Clearly the Dennis Kelly replacement, uh, I guess they decided they could get similar production for cheaper money. Uh, Dennis Kelly is, we talked about on the last podcast, a great locker room guy, uh, leader. Sad to see him go. We'll get into more. We're going to do, do a little recap on each Titan guy, t- Titan free agent that we lost. So I'll save some of that Dennis Kelly stuff for then. And then I guess Kendall Lamb is going to be our starting right tackle, maybe compete with Ty Sombrilo. Maybe we're going to draft somebody. Uh, we'll see. And then the last guy that we signed, Morgan Cox, the big-time signing, a long snapper to a one-year deal. VFL. <laughs> Four-time Pro Bowler. Ball for life. From the Ravens. Um, yeah, I guess they decided they needed an upgrade at long snapper. So certainly not educated enough to say anything about this signing. I'm pumped about it. I think it's <laughs> anytime you get a pro fa- bowler. My favorite signing thus far. <laughs> Let's go. Come on. Well, I'm getting a Morgan Cox jersey. Uh, I'm holding you to that. <laughs> do we know? Do we know what number he is yet? Probably 48. I feel like all of our long snappers are 48. But Bud okay, Dupree, so, no, Bud Dupree, Dupree is 48. I think 46. It's 46 is what he was at the Ravens. Who knows so. what it'll be? But I'm going to hold you to that Morgan Cox uh, fan club over here. Pat McAfee's really high on him. Pat McAfee's huge. He he released a little video basically stating uh, how important a long snapper is for a kicker and building trust between your long snapper. And he believes that a lot of the kicking mess that we've had the last year or so has been due to long snapper. 
Sorry. Which sorry, Bo Brinkley. And Pat McAfee is a former NFL punter, so he knows a thing or two about kicking in the NFL. So hey, maybe uh, maybe signing a Pro Bowl long snapper is going to fix all our kicking problems. But hey, he's fingers crossed. He's a VFL baby. Hey, if he does, a VFL in the NFL can't go wrong. <laughs> Ball for life. If Morgan Cox is a Pro Bowl Pro Bowler this year, I'll get a jersey. If the Tennessee Vols Ooh, do anything, did you well, hear that? I did hear. What would you say? If Morgan Cox is a Pro Bowler this year, I'll get a jersey. Put wow. it on the board, baby. Put, that it is, Put it on the board. <laughs> we are the hot board or the cold board. <laughs> yeah, the hot board, like I talked about last week. Uh, Which hot board? But Dupree was on it, he and was we got it. him. So look at that. Um, if the volunteers, the Tennessee Volunteers, do anything well, it's putting special teamers in the NFL. <laughs> Punter, you, baby. There it is, baby. Uh, yeah. So I think. I think that's it for the, the the guys that we've signed so far. And just going to be honest. Tribute time. Just going to be honest. I really hope there's some more guys that we're signing, mm-hmm. but we'll see. So now we're going to move into the guys that are no longer a part of the Titans. Sigh. And I would say, for me as a fan, I get pretty emotional and you know really emotionally attached to my sports teams. And I, it's going to be tough for me to see someone like Corey Davis on the Jets, someone like Johnny Smith on the Patriots, especially any time they do well, it's, it's going to hurt. So I think, I think we should just give a little tribute to each person that's, that's leaving. Um, and I think we should just move into that and really thank them. For what they did with the Titans, mm. whether we're glad they're gone or not. That's right. We're critical, but at the end of the day, we appreciate the service. Well, we, I, and I definitely, like I said, it's gonna, it's gonna hurt whenever, you know. We who, do you see, wanna, who do you want to do first? <sighs> Corey. I, I, yeah, let's I, do Corey I, Davis first. I had a guy who? in mind, but what, I, this is kind of a, this might be a hot take on a guy. I mean, kind of under the radar a little bit. A guy that was uh, a great Titan. Kenny Vaccaro. Kenny Vaccaro. We'll go Kenny Vaccaro Kenny Vaccaro first. first. I like it. Safety. Um, I got to say, not not 2020, but 2019, it was him, Kevin Byard, uh, Dory Jackson, and uh, Logan Ryan. They had the saying, my man catch no balls. And great, had, great secondary. Great secondary. They all were best friends. All seemed like such great dudes. And Vaccaro seemed to be a pretty big part of that. And that was, I mean, he was pretty new to the Titans at the time. And he seemed to just jump right in and made an immediate impact. And I've always respected that from that from that point on and just how big of an impact he's had on the Titans throughout. I'm going to miss him. I, he seems like a great guy. I'm, Logan Ryan, going to shout to him too. He's a great guy. Um, and Kenny Vaccaro was signed early on because Jonathan Cyprian yep. tore his ACL. Huge upgrade from Jonathan Cyprian. Um, Big time. I honestly was very excited when we signed Kenny Vaccaro. He's been kind of our strong safety linebacker, just a a great, passionate football player for the last three years. Interestingly enough, he signed a four-year, $26 million contract extension last year. So that just, just goes to show you in the NFL, sometimes these contract extensions, they, they can get out of them pretty easily. I did not know he did that. Yeah. I didn't know so that either. <laughs> I, I don't know how that's going to work, if we got a lot of dead cap or what. But, um, you know, I remember Mike Vrabel coming out after the Ravens game last year, or two years ago in the divisional round saying – Kenny Vigaro had the best game playing against Lamar. Uh, just play the safety position like you want it played. So, um, great great little tribute there to Kenny Vigaro. I've yeah. just realized that as we're going to be giving these tri- tributes to guys, I'm just getting 
Getting tears. Yeah, yeah, I might shed some tears. No, I'm definitely not going to shed um, some tears. But I, hope, I'm definitely I, getting a I definitely sad. hope the best for him and hope he gets a big contract somewhere else. Or I guess would they have to pick up his contract? Or well, we'll have to see. We'll yeah, have I'm to not see. sure but, all that uh, works, but um, eight going wish on his, the best for him. Going on his eighth season, definitely wish him the best. Uh, we did a little Adam Humphreys tribute last year. Anything more to say on the guy? Or I'm sorry, last pod. Um, I guess for me, just hope the guy gets healthy and that he hasn't played his last snap in the NFL. Yeah, he, he's John Garrett's role model. So, <laughs> yeah, just to clarify, what I meant was I always wanted to be an Adam Humphreys. I always want to be a uh, a wide receiver in the NFL, like an Adam Humphreys, and that obviously didn't happen. And you wanted to be Adam Humphreys. I wanted to be Adam Humphreys. <laughs> so, um, next guy, Malcolm Butler, brought some competitiveness. Uh, Super Bowl pedigree. He's the guy who picked off Russell Wilson in the end zone to give the Patriots the, the Super Bowl win. Kind of the guy that I think most brought over the Patriots culture to the Titans. For a while there, a lot of people called us Patriots 2.0 because we had our GM, our head coach, a bunch of front office guys were from the Patriots. Then we've got all of their uh, free agents. And Malcolm Butler is probably the most successful free agent maybe that uh, John Robinson has signed, certainly up for debate. But um, with a $10 million or I'm sorry, $14.2 million cap hit this year at going on his 31st uh, year on this earth. I think it was probably time for uh, for him to move on. But really appreciate his uh, competitiveness that he brought to the team. Yeah, I I know he came in from the Patriots and started out a little rough, a little rough. Yeah. And yep. I think a lot of people, it took a while for him to see him in a different way. And once he got past that point, he, he became – one of our best defensive players probably since he's been on the team. So definitely going to miss it. him. Um, uh, uh, while we're on the topic of defensive backs, just a little short tribute to Desmond King, who was mm-hmm. traded over short-term Titan, short-term Titan. <laughs> I like that. Uh, short-term Not Titan here on the prime time Titans. Titans. <laughs> and yeah, so he, he was traded over mid year last year. We actually really needed him uh, at that point in the season. So, I think he signed a deal with the Texans. So he will be in our division still. But um, Don't wish him the best. As much. <laughs> as much. I, I wish him the best. I, I think, think he's, I hope he he's has a two guy, bad games. Yeah, two season. bad games. Oh, yeah, sure. there we go. Okay, he's I'm a, with you. He's a guy more of a zone corner, uh, more of a zone nickel guy. I think you got to think that um, with the Janoris Jenkins signing and Christian Fulton, we're going to more of a man defense. And so just kind of a, uh, you know, he helped fill the Logan Ryan role midseason last year, which was our slot corner role with Christian Fulton, our rookie, getting hurt. Um, but, you know, I think uh, it's probably time to move on from from De- from Desmond King as the, the Titans front office. All right, the next guy that I am just probably going to miss the most is, uh, is our swing tackle, Dennis Kelly. Um, high character guy. Just uh, he's got two dogs. How can you not love him? Two dogs, two daughters. He, I don't know if y'all saw, but when he was cut, he released. He, his nickname is The Undertaker because he's a big guy with long hair and a beard. And he tweeted out a, uh, a, a gif, jif, whichever one it is, of The Undertaker just falling over on the mat and looking like he just passed. So, I mean, I'm definitely going to, I'm going to miss Dennis Kelly. He was time. part of the, was it? Locker, uh, definitely a locker room guy for sure. Was it? We traded with the Eagles, and I think Doriel Green Beckham. Doriel Green Beckham. That was a part of the for trade. Dennis Kelly, and maybe a draft pick here. And I there, think so. He um, was a swing tackle there for a couple seasons, but then when Taylor Lewan went down, he filled in pretty well. When we lost Jack Conklin, he played 
really well in the uh, that, that short playoff run that we had. And then when we had the disaster Isaiah Wilson pick, he stepped right in and was our starting right tackle all mm-hmm. year last year and, and I thought played very valiantly. So, Which I, I guess now is the time to mention Isaiah Wilson. Oh, yeah, um, just got cut this morning by the Miami Dolphins. So after three after days, we had just traded him. He, yeah, apparently showed up hours late to his physical and hours late to another meeting. I, yeah, I think he volunteered. He, he committed then, to going yeah. to some volunteer workouts. Yeah, he missed two workouts, and I think this he is had lasted round. a few days and clearly didn't show up. And the Dolphins and the quote they said they tried. I mean they yeah. they reached tried out and supported him as much as they could and. This is our first round pick. He wants to play football. So our first round pick from from 2020 that we've uh, had to move on. Whiffed on less than a year ago. And all jokes aside, you just hope the guy gets the help. Yeah, the help that he needs. He's he's clearly thrown away an NFL an NFL career um, by getting cut by two teams within not even a full 12 months. So. You hope, hope, wish him the best, but hope he gets the help he needs at the very least. Next up, had we mentioned Adoree Jackson? I know we talked about him at the start, but we haven't really given him a tribute yet. No, we haven't. Here it is. Give us a tribute. I loved Adoree Jackson all the way back when he went through his recruiting process because I think the Vols, Tennessee, was like top five in his list. No way we ever had a chance. But I was really intrigued with this guy. I loved when we drafted him. I'm going to hate to see him go. He's just he's just a, a fun guy. He's, he's funny. He's insanely athletic. Sometimes you would see him do backflips after games and stuff, and at practices. How about jumping videos. over the Raiders punter in his, on a punt return in his oh, rookie yeah. year, or maybe kicker oh my on a gosh. kick return? You remember I that? I forgot about that. Just straight yeah. jumping over a player in the NFL. I mean, we're definitely definitely going to miss Adoree Jackson. A little a little story is uh, that year, me and a couple guys went to uh, the practice the Titans held practice at Centennial and he Dory's signing autographs it's his rookie year and Ian Benny goes points at me he goes hey Dory this guy thinks he's faster than you <laughs> he's pointing at me and Dory just looks up and he goes he probably is <laughs> and then he just walked away <laughs> that oh, right man, there that funny. little story right there could have been just that was a great little tribute absolutely brings, I, brings a tear to my eye I've said a lot about Adori uh in this podcast so I guess all I'll say is yeah I really really miss his uh his personality and uh just seeing him on the on the Titans number 25 we'll see who the new 25 is so I believe we have two more guys that we've released both on offense uh, which we've mentioned both of them Corey you Davis go, yeah you go ahead and take you give uh you give the Corey Davis tribute Corey Davis uh a guy that first round pick um we thought was going to be, you know, he looked like he was going to kind of be a bust a little bit. Um, turned out last year he kind of had turned his career yep. around a little bit. Career season. And, you know, he got a big contract from it. So he did really well. Happy for him. Um, kind of a big thing about him, though, is he was I, – I love I love Corey Davis. He's got some, some style. I, I like his style on the field. Um, yeah, flashy player. One thing is he, last year in the middle of the year, lost his brother mm-hmm. and – continued to play the game the next night i think or? he played yeah i, I don't think he and took the game off and he was apparently really close to his brother yeah so heart goes and out to him on that one there's i just remember the video of pregame him crying and then he had a great game that night yeah great game i mean you can't not wish the best for him i mean he yeah. seems like a great dude i think he yeah I, he was my uh for my answer for um uh, biggest person to lose, so I hope he I'm, does I'm well definitely the Jets. I, I, I'm a little disappointed, or I'm worried that uh, Sam Darnold is not going to uh, be the quarterback that he needs to uh, 
take the next step in his career. But you know yeah. what? The guy got paid, and you uh, got to feel good for a guy like that. Because, you know, say what you want about his game. Seems like a great guy. guy that you, kind of a guy you root for. Um, next guy that I'm not – I wasn't as high about his game, but in terms of his character and his work ethic, work ethic. Johnny Smith, um, third-round draft pick out of Central Florida. or I think it was FIU. FIU. Uh, kind of a guy that – you. Another one of those John Robinson late round draft picks that all of a sudden are really good players that uh, was clearly the number one target for the Patriots this year in free agency. Got a four year, $50 million contract, one of the top tight end contracts in the NFL. Um, you know, had some really amazing plays for us over the last few years, lining up in the backfield, getting a, a sweep. I remember and, the long touchdown against the Cowboys mm -hmm. on Monday Night Football. Taking uh, screen passes on third and fifteen. Or no, it was it was a Texans game. Yeah, I think it was, it was a long yeah, touchdown against nope. Texans. Did he score? I thought he might have gotten tackled a little short. There was, oh, there he might have. I'm tackled a little short. I'm glad y'all are uh, holding you accountable. It. I'm glad y'all are tracking that one because don't I, believe anything he said. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great dead gummit. Great, uh, great worker. Um, I think Ferkser is ready for the next step, but this is not an Anthony Ferkser tribute. It is a Johnny Smith tribute. And with tight ends, I think. Kind of usually their second contract is kind of when they start to blossom a little bit. So I think he could become pretty exceptional. Let's just to hope the he's Patriots. not. I mean, that's how Delaney Walker was. He wasn't yep. nearly as good, and then came to the Titans. And Bill Belichick knows how to use uh, star tight ends. I hope he. Sure, I sure. hope he doesn't turn into someone like a Jared Cook, who was a tight end of the Titans, did really well. Went on. I mean, he's been. He he just signed a deal with the Chargers this offseason, and he's still you know kicking in the NFL, still going. And, uh, yeah, so I believe that's it. Those One are the more tributes. guy, Michael Pruitt. Oh, Michael Pruitt. Our, uh, Michael our third tight end. Another tight end. Another blocking tight end. Uh, sometimes when he catches the ball, I feel like he has cinder blocks on his feet. But he, I, he would get touchdowns. He would, he would he'd figure out a way. I think he had a touchdown against the Broncos in that first And, game. yes, his name is Michael, M-Y-C-O-L-E. Yep. Um, so we'll, he said he wanted more money than we were willing to give him. So – Maybe we replace him in the draft, but hey, gave uh, seemed like he gave his heart and soul to the Titans there for for however many two or three years. So, yeah. wish him the best. Wish him the best. Wish all those guys, all those guys, the best. Uh, I'm really glad we did those tributes, and they were great, uh, great times. I mean, th th these Titans, they were part of the Titans teams past few years where we really turned it around and and uh, got to a point where we're expecting a lot from these Titans. So, with those expectations. Just want to wrap this up here with a just a quick what do we do moving forward because there's still you know still some still time some needs, yeah. left still some needs and uh, what are we what are we thinking we need to do moving forward? I think there's going to be some more veterans that we get on cheaper deals. We have eighteen and a half million dollars in cap room. We're still waiting to see the Janoris Jenkins contract, the mm -hmm. uh, Ferkser contract, so. There could be some, could be a little bit more, could be a little bit less than that. Um, we could potentially restructure Ryan Tannehill. We could restructure Kevin Byard. We could restructure Taylor Lewan. And the players don't really care about that because they're still getting the money. Yep. It's all about how they, you know, account for the money internally and whether they count it against the cap this year, next year, or the year before. So, uh, in a sense, you can kick money down the road and pay a player in a signing bonus this year and just make it count against the cap in 2022 or 2023. Um, so we could potentially free up a lot of space. We really need, like we've mentioned, we need a number one corner. 
I really hope Janoris Jenkins is not our number one corner going into camp. I could be dead wrong on that. We might draft a corner. We might draft a corner. Kyle Fuller, apparently, uh, number one corner for the Bears is available. Stephon Gilmore is apparently available, a top-tier corner for the Patriots. Uh, J.C. Jackson, their number two corner for the Patriots, who is uh, a pretty good player in his own right, uh, is available. So there could be some trades coming. But we certainly have flexibility to make more room if we need it. And, you know, uh, with with Ryan Tannehill on his deal, that he is very team-friendly, A.J. Brown on a very team-friendly rookie deal at the moment, and uh, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's not going to be the king for forever. I mean, mm-hmm. he is the best running back in the NFL I don't think there's even it's even a question in my opinion, um, and but you know what he running backs don't last forever so we need to take advantage of this window that we have and I I hope that we you know kind of go all in on a number one corner that's what I want to see us do uh, and I hope it's not in the draft I really hope we go yeah. out and get a proven like a, a, corner. another name Casey Hayward Casey Hayward from the Chargers from the Chargers a, a veteran that we could get probably pretty cheap on a one year deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, guy who's who's been around the league for a long time and been a, been a shutdown corner in his own right. So, uh, what do you guys think we need to do, Pettit? What do you think? So far, I mean, going into the draft, I'm actually pretty happy with what we have and the needs we need to fill. I mean, it's really not as many as we've had in the past. Yeah, so, but you don't want Marcus Johnson to be our number two wide receiver. No, no. But I'm going into the draft. I mean, you got some. You can fill needs with the draft, hopefully, and. It is a deep wide receiver class, which we'll definitely get into. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm think about it. We need a corner and a wide receiver. Those are the two major needs we need. Two, two positions. That's pretty good compared yeah, to but previous those are years. Like the where two you're like, most important positions, absolutely, absolutely, in the NFL today. Absolutely, but compared to previous years when we haven't been as good, it's like, well, we need an offensive lineman. We need a quarterback. We need a running back. We need a wide receiver. We need. There, I mean, the list went on. So I'm pretty happy that our biggest problem is. A cornerback, which, I mean, I think we're gonna. I think they're gonna find the guy. Yeah, I would say uh, moving forward, I still think there's work to be done. I still think. I I remember seeing a list of the leftover free agents mainly, and it's guys in their thirties. They're a good bit of guys in their thirties, which is fine. Sign them for that one year deal, and you know, give them a chance. Uh, I definitely want a receiver in free agency. Uh, I want to draft a receiver as well. And I think we probably, with our first pick, I would guess right now we draft a corner. I don't know if we're going to sign another corner at this point after getting, uh, was it? Kevin Johnson. Kevin Johnson. Yeah, I didn't, Kevin Jackson or Kevin Johnson. But I think that's what we need to do. I think that look out for a name like Ryan Kerrigan, a D end. He's old. He's definitely old. But he could still help as well. So, I, I think just don't that, know if what we've done – I don't know if we've gotten better this week. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure uh, what I think about that. Just I would probably agree with you because we let a good bit go. Yeah, we did. And we have – I will – I love the Danico Autry and Bud Dupree signings. I think they're great. I like the Janoris Jenkins signing. But like I said – you lose said, ten guys, you need to sign I mean, more than four. Like I said, though – you, we're not. We're never gonna know, and this Degum defense better be. I mean, they can't be worse. Better be a, a, a lot better than last year, and we, sure we will see how that will play out. So, 
I think really that uh, that wraps it up for us for the episode two, the free agency episode. Thank you for listening. And we really thank you for listening. This is Primetime Titans. And that was the deep dive. So long. Thank you. And time keeps dragging on.